good morning. It is 5.49 a.m. Pacific Time on Monday, May 16, 2022. <coughs> Pardon me. I saw the Doctor Strange movie earlier this evening and at Kelso Theater Pub which is a really nice venue and I was perplexed and somewhat disappointed but entertained I guess there's a whole lot I must have missed because I did not fork out the cash for paying to see although stuff that happened with the um, Scarlet Witch with Wanda since the adventure movies ended or the big ones ended um I didn't know what the history was when she was talking with Dr. Strange about what happened at whatever the place they were talking about. I don't know what they were referring to. I don't know why she was a bitch. Um, Maybe that would have helped a little bit. Maybe not. Um, I don't know who does the casting for these things. I felt like nothing personal against the actress who plays America, but I felt like it looked like she was doing a high school drama production. I think if you're going to spend the money that they have for these movies, you could probably scout around and find somebody who could act a little better. It seemed very amateurish. The casting in a lot of these Marvel movies, not a lot of them, some of them. made me wonder is there is the talent pool that shallow are there people are there not enough people auditioning for these parts I don't get it but I, I I felt like that was pretty distracting for to me for a lot of the movie like at least the first half. Um, There was something else I wanted to say and I wish I had taken my phone out. I didn't want to disturb the other movie watchers by making notes on my phone during the movie. Oh, well, part of it 
actually reminded me of my relationship with my ex-wife, where I felt like, um, there's a psycho bitch who is trying to preserve some fantasy, and, um, while losing perspective on everything else. And I sort of felt like that's what happened with my own relationship with Karen. So that was interesting. I think Karen should watch that movie and put her role, put herself in the role of the Scarlet Witch and see how it feels. Because that's sort of how I view it. And anyway, I won't go on about that. And. What else? I wonder what they had to do to get Patrick Stewart in there. I guess they might have had to pay Sony or something, whoever did the X-Men movies. Which really, I mean, to continue doing superhero movies after the new Batman movie, I think people need to sort of step back and take a breath. Because this really did look like... I mean... I shouldn't say that. Um, what, well, what I was going to say was it did look like it was... Um, comic book time instead of like serious fictional narrative so it's you pick you pick your poison I guess do you like the more comic bookish movies or do you like something that actually has some integrity and artistic merit to it or you just want something that is supposed to dazzle and distract you and surprise you with wacky things that are surprising I prefer the former I prefer something that has a theme and is more um, has a purpose to it rather than just something to c- 
confuse and dismay. <laughs> Which is what, how I would characterize how the Star Wars people have decided to go. Just throwing any shit out there. Sorry for all the notifications. I'm waiting for some food to be delivered. I'm getting multiple notifications. Some of them are on my text message and some of them are from DoorDash. Um. Yeah. So, there was another theme, though, I was trying to remember from the Doctor Strange movie that I thought was worth mentioning. Um... So they had... What was it? Captain Carter? Is that what her name was? Uh, speaking of casting, I hate to say it. I mean, so in the Captain Marvel movie, the woman who played Captain Marvel's best friend from flight school or whatever in the Air Force that was I mean I don't think she's a good actress at all who hires these people who are they dealing with aren't there better actors out there yes the answer is yes so why don't they choose them what is the problem I don't get it Okay, if I can remember the theme that I was trying to lay down. I'm sorry about the notifications, I really am. Alright, my food has been delivered. So I'm going to go eat it. Alright. Um, I will try and remember to come back. Jesus Christ! That's sort of excessive. Alright. I apologize for that. I'll do better next time. There's a lot more I wanted to say. It's been a rough night. It's been a long, rough night. So... Hope you have a nice day, and
I was trying to think if I would give this movie a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Let's see. I mean, there are worse ways to spend your time. I thought it was pretty amusing and interesting. Um, there's a lot I didn't get out of it. If you really want to watch something good, I think Kids in the Hall on Amazon Prime. So far, I've been pretty impressed with what they've done. So, that's what I would recommend. I would pick a different movie to watch. Or watch Kids in the Hall on Amazon Prime. Alright. Goodbye for now. Good afternoon. It's 3.40pm on Tuesday, whatever the hell. May 17, 2022. I am at the office 842, I believe. That's what it's called. Yes. I confirmed it by looking at the sign. It is a cool little bar and restaurant in Longview. And it's one of those places, I swear, man, you know, I used to think that the web had not, like Mississippi had not cut up with the web, but I think it's like, uh, not just regional, I think it's, again, it has to do with the, I think the largest divide in this country is ur rural versus urban. Because people in cities know you should have a website and know that you should publicize your shit. And I don't get it. I mean, I do get it. Um, that makes sense. But Longview isn't that rural. Is it? I need to look at the population. I don't know how many people live in Longview. Washington. It's fairly populous. And when you go to the downtown, it looks like it was probably built up quite a long time ago and there seems like it was there was a lot of stuff going on a lot of commerce it's built for pedestrian shopping traffic it's one of those downtowns where you can hit a bunch of different stores in five minutes it's pretty nice it's not extremely walkable it's fairly walkable downtown I guess Anyway, so today's Tuesday. Tuesday is open night mic. Oh, sorry. Open mic night. I've had a couple cocktails. Um, at Helium in Portland. So I'm thinking of going there. 
definitely as an audience member and I may actually try to sign up and get on stage. I did my first open mic night. I might have said something about it about a, probably about a week ago at I think Catfish Lou's in Portland and that was very interesting and I tried to just wing it I had some ideas in my head and I didn't get booed off stage but I didn't get thunderous applause and I've been making notes I've been making notes for a while about things to talk about, just notes for the act, if I were to make an act, which I haven't yet, and so helium's pretty big, that's where I was supposed to see David Tell, and then I broke my rib a few days earlier and I felt like that would be suicide first of all I didn't even know if I could do it make it there and survive without coughing my ass off and having jarring pain from my broken rib but then to see one of my favorite comedians ever and Hopefully he would put on a good show, which would make me laugh, and then that would make me convulse in pain every time I had a good time or he told a good joke. So I felt like that was probably not a good thing to do. Maybe I should talk about that tonight at open mic night. On the romantic front, to divulge too much personal information because I probably believe that no one I actually see on a daily basis actually listens to this thing. Uh, Sally has her own problems in life and is busy, so we haven't been in a lot of communication over the last week since we had our romantic escapade um, I don't know if that's going to go anywhere it might it might not since then I met a stripper at Casa Diablo and she has gotten me very excited about the possibility of something maybe happening between us at some point even though I know this is yet another woman whose relationship with me is predicated on money the exchange of money mostly in one direction which includes my bitter resentful ex-wife and numerous others who've, whom I've met in the meantime so it's always refreshing to meet a woman who doesn't ask me for money it's a very nice change of pace 
Women, if you want to make your man happy, don't ask him for money. That'll really make him interested. It'll pique his curiosity because he'll think, what the fuck is going on? This woman isn't asking me for money. Is she currently picking my pocket? Maybe that's why she's not asking me for money. This fucking noisemakers with their motorcycles and their new plastic Mustangs and Avengers and shit. It's all very special. When I saw the Doctor Strange movie and they had the audacity to show a Chevy commercial beforehand, I thought, what in the fuck are they showing a Chevy Chevrolet commercial before Doctor Strange? There are so many things wrong with that. It's an anachronism. I can't believe Chevrolet is still in existence. They make shitty products. Have you driven a Chevrolet? Why don't you go to a car show and actually sample all the cars for that year? I've done it. And that's what taught me that American cars are shit. Maybe that'll change someday. And I'm sure there are exceptions. Some American cars might not be shit. But for the most part, it's like stereotypes. Generally, they're applicable. That's why they're fucking stereotypes, people. They're not wrongisms. They're accurate. Alright, I'm going to go back in and finish my drink and settle my bill and then figure out what I'm doing tonight. Good evening. There's no music, but there's some fan noise because I'm in my bedroom and I don't have a proper sound system in here yet. Um, it is 9.42 p.m. on Wednesday, May 18, 2022. So, I don't know if I should be talking about this right now, because it's so preliminary and public record and all that shit, but I try to live my life in the open and be honest, which honestly bites me in the ass way more than you might think. When you tell your kids honesty is the best policy... Probably not. In this country, honesty is not taken very well. Honesty is not appreciated, believe me. I learned that in my divorce. I learned that in my every single legal issue I've ever had. Even in job interviews. Lying is what it's all about in this country. Lying and cheating. In sports, in work, in business, politics, 
but I still believe it's better to be truthful. I feel like you have a better life. I feel like you... It's better for your soul. Even if things seem crappy sometimes. I feel like overall it's the best thing to do. So here's what happened. Now I might regret again going on record with this so soon. Um, subsequent attorneys might tell me not to say things like this, but heck. So I was going out last night. <clears throat> I was going to, I live in Kelso. I was going to drive to Portland to see Bauhaus. First, I was going to do open mic at Helium Comedy Club. But I found out they don't do open mic nights during the next several weeks because they're doing some comedy festival or competition. And um, so they're postponing their open mic nights until something like, I think he might have said August. So uh, I was a little dismayed. So instead of going to... Bauhaus immediately because the show started at 8.30. I was probably going to go to either a bar or a strip club first. And the strip club that I have come to fancy is Casa Diablo. The first one in northwest Portland. And um, I can't remember what road it's on. But it's the one that sort of like looks like you're in a lumber yard or something like that. And it's a really nice place. And, uh, Sammy's biting me. I mean, why are you biting me, baby? Jesus Christ. I'm your friend. I feed you. Sammy is getting neutered in the morning, by the way. He doesn't know it yet. Um, I was on the fence about doing that to him. But it seems like that's what you should do. Hopefully, that's okay with him. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Anyway. There you go, Sammy. He's cuddling. I wish you could see him. Alright. <clears throat> so, I am on the road. I'm in my car that I've come to love my 2017 I believe Volkswagen Tiguan turbo all-wheel drive awesome vehicle I love it and so I was going through traffic and it was busy usually I don't drive to town that early which so that was unusual and I was aware of this. I was aware of this. See, all of these things, it's like when my car got broken into. I knew there was a risk. I knew there was a risk of my car getting broken into because of the way I had stuff in the back. And it was uncovered and it was conspicuous and everything. But 
I didn't pay attention enough attention to it and lo and behold it was broken into so here I go I'm on the road I realize okay I don't usually drive down I-5 at this time of day it's busier traffic and this is usually when the cops are out and plus this other car in the left lane looks like it's probably a cop but I want to pass it anyway so I pass it so as soon as I pass it he turns on his lights he pulls me over I pull over of course I hate pulling over on the shoulder because it's dangerous for everybody but he seems very aggressively trying to pull me over he's right on my ass he's in, he's he seemed aggravated from the very beginning and so he's he comes over to the passenger side I roll the window down he seems irritated with me from the very beginning and I feel like look why does this have to be passionate and emotional just give me a fucking ticket jackass but no he's like incredulous how could you be going 90 miles, miles an hour do you not understand whatever blah 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 and I said he said why were you going so fast I said well I like to go fast and he said and he probably asked me where I was going I told him where I was going to see a show and go to a club and uh, let's see he asked me for my license uh, my uh, license and registration and proof of insurance gave it to him then he says have you had anything to drink today and I looked down sort of like or at least mentally I looked down like here we go here's the trickery because I've been through this shit before because I had a DUI in Mississippi and it was a bullshit DUI I wasn't I tested negative in and they still charged me in Mississippi do you understand I tested under the legal limit and they still charged me with a DUI which has very big consequences in life because of these fucking crazy lunatics who are so it's all mad mothers against drunk driving let's go get them because that's the worst thing that's happening on the planet holy shit so I tell him I had something to drink earlier in the day it was probably about so he pulled me over at about six o'clock between 6 and 6 30 p.m. I tell him I was at a cocktail lounge at about 2 or 2 30 p.m. and I had two cocktails 
and he says he smells alcohol. I feel like, how the fuck do you smell alcohol? And then I thought, okay, it's possible. I don't even remember. Sometimes when I'm on my way to the, out of the house, I have a shot. Because when I take some, when I leave the house, I have this routine where I take some vitamins and I take some, um, whatever. If I have, like, recently I've been taking albuterol because of my chest. So I do this stuff. And so I might have had a shot. I probably did. But you smell it? Are you fucking kidding me? He probably was lying. I think he was probably lying. So I said, but I told him. And from my previous DUI attorney experience, he told me, if I remember correctly, Vic Carmody in Jackson, in Rankin County, Mississippi, or Jackson, Mississippi, said, either do not say that you've been drinking or lie or something. I can't remember. Or decline to answer. Something like that. So basically, I fucked that up because I said, yes, I had something to drink. And that opened the door to whatever this jackass cop wanted to do. So then he wanted me to get out of the car and do some tests. So I remembered part of what Vic Carmody told me, which was, do not do the tests. So I said, sorry, sir, I declined to get out of the car and do the tests. He said, he confirmed that that's what I said. And I said, yes, that's what I said. I'm not going to do the tests. So... Then, I can't remember if he asked or I offered. I imagine he asked if I would take a breathalyzer test. And these words mean specific things like breathalyzer. I still don't know what breathalyzer is. Is it the mobile thing? Is it a generic term? Or is it the one that's in the station that really counts? Because the one that they do on the scene is not admissible in court. The one that they do at the station, that, I believe, is admissible in court. Because the one they do at the scene is not as accurate. Um, not only not as accurate, it is inaccurate, from what I understand. So he says, can I do this? And I said, yes, because I know I'm going to pass. Because I know I'm sober. I'm fucking sober, people. He pulled me over for speeding and I'm sober. So he gives me this thing. I blow in it once. He looks befuddled. It takes a while. He, he, he says, blow in it again. So I blow in it again. He looks upset again. He's disappointed because he's not getting a positive result. Me, being a jackass... Not listening to my DUI attorney from Mississippi. I blow in it a third time. Well, lo and behold, he finally gets the score he wants. It's a .09. So it's 
0.01 over the legal limit. I am shocked because I know I'm not intoxicated. So, he says he's very pleased with himself now because now he has me. And he says, you are under arrest for DUI and blah, blah, blah. Anything you do will be considered to be resisting arrest. I'm like, okay, dude, don't shoot me. We're both white. So, the other guy comes up, uh, Trooper Hansen, who is a nice guy. Didn't seem to be on amphetamines. And so he gets me out of the car and puts handcuffs on me carefully and puts me in the back of the car and we go down to the station. Man, do I really have to tell this whole story? Oh my God. So many stupid details. So I get booked. The guy's super nice. Okay, so we go to the station first. We don't go to the jail first. We go to the station. So we sit next to the machine. He takes the handcuffs off because he knows I'm not a lunatic. I'm acting normal. I'm not acting drunk. I'm Everything's fine as far as he's concerned. We're having a good conversation. We're talking about martial arts. We're talking about core strength. All kinds of stuff. He's a good guy. He gives me, finally, he gives me the test. Lo and behold, they blow a .053. Not a .08, a .053. Twice. So I'm not legally intoxicated. But I still get a DUI charge. They pulled me over for fucking speeding, folks. This is a problem. So, I don't know what difference this makes to you. I need to speak with my DUI attorney in Mississippi again just to remember how much I fucked up. I think what I probably should have said is, if he asked me if I had anything to drink, I should have said either no or I... Decline to answer. I want an attorney. Give me a ticket for speeding. Or arrest me for speeding or whatever. Something like that. Anything other than, yes, I had something to drink. And here's what it was. Because that's never going to help you. They will use whatever they can. And it's despicable. And they should be ashamed of themselves. So then... So the guy's nice enough. So I ask him. I say, so I blow under the, the limit. And I say, is there any chance I can get out of here? He says, unfortunately, because you were charged with a DUI and you had a previous DUI, my hands are tied and it's a required jail stay. Mandatory jail stay overnight. And you have to see the judge in the morning. So I just shook my head. Said, okay, well, whatever. And so he, but he says, I'll call and see if I can 
figure out something or we can make an exception. So I believe he calls. I didn't see him do it, but I believed he did it. And he said they could not make an exception for me. He said, I'm sorry. And he said, you, you seem like a good guy and you've been cooperating and all this stuff. And I said, thank you. I really appreciate your attitude very much. Puts me in the car, go down to fucking jail. I get booked. Again, not as bad as Mississippi. Could have been a lot worse. So, that was like 8.30, 9 o'clock, something like that. And he asked me all the questions, by the way. He said, without look, looking at a clock, can you tell me what time it is? I said 7.30. Guess what time it was? 7.26 or 7.27. I was on top of shit, people. So, I see a public defender at about 10.30. First of all, they told me I was going to see a judge at 11. Again, this was better than Rankin County. Rankin County, they don't tell you shit. They leave you in there to rot. They don't give a shit about you. It's very unprofessional. Um, I'm not saying this place was Shagrila or anything, but they did a good job, better job. So they, so I saw the public defender, I met her face to face, uh, across glass. She was very nice. Her name is Schrader. Um, she was, seemed sympathetic and was a decent advocate and um, listened to my story, took some notes, and um, thought that this could be dismissed. But, and I hate to tell tales out of school, hopefully this doesn't get her in trouble, but it sounded like the judge was on her way out. Because she was up on, like, some investigation and she might be removed from the bench or something. And um, she said, so she might not even be part of your case after this. So I tell her I have a cat at home. No one has the key to my place. I don't really know anybody here. I have no family. Uh, I feel like I need to get out of here. I just started a job. Um, blah, blah, blah. And then I told her about the other DUI. And I said that shouldn't have even really been there. So it's not even like I even had a previous DUI. It was like a fraudulent DUI. It was a Mississippi fake, stupid, retard, ignorant, alligator hunter DWI, DUI. So... She says, okay, well, there is a possibility that we could get this kicked out or whatever. Um, whatever. So we go. And so then I have, I see the court. I go appear in court an hour later or something, an hour and a half later. And it's over video. 
a, they call like five of us into a room at the same time and here's this big monitor and camera and stuff and here's the judge and the prosecutor and so it even seemed like the prosecutor wasn't even asking for much he only asked for something like $500 bail the judge said okay no bail I'm letting you out and here's what got me though she said something like I feel like there's more going on with you there's more that's there's more here that meet, than meets the eye or something like that. There's something else going on here with you. Something to that effect. So then she says she wants me to see offender services once a week until the end of this case, I guess, which is until the trial ends, which she then said was scheduled for September. So I have a trial scheduled for September and I have a pre-trial hearing in July, I believe. And she said, I'm ordered. She did not take away my license. Um, I am ordered not to drink alcohol at all. I am ordered not to take any recreational drug, legal or otherwise, that is not prescribed by a physician. I am not allowed to go into a tavern or a pub. I am only allowed to go into a restaurant. Uh, if they have alcohol, that's fine, as long as it's a restaurant or something like that. Um... So I don't know if that means no strip clubs. Because that's a bummer. I don't know if I can go by that. Um, I mean, they have food at the strip, strip clubs. Um, and they're probably going to pull my records from Mississippi... And who knows what the fuck's going to happen. So now I am in another legal issue. So I'm going to see what happens. I will let you know. I know it might be hard to hear me right now. I'm in the smoking lounge. And the music is playing. But I just wanted to say... I think my best advice to anybody, if you get pulled over, basically, because you don't get pulled over for DUI. They don't pull you over because you're drunk. They pull you over for some other reason. And I think the thing that I, the mistake that I made last time was... Well, forget about the mistake I made last time. What I would like to have done differently last time was said, Officer, respectfully, please either give me a speeding ticket or let me go or arrest me. But I am not submitting to any tests of any kind. 
and if he persisted in asking me about how much I had to drink, or if I've had any anything to drink, I'd say I decline to answer anything until I speak with my attorney. Period. I don't want to lie, but I don't want to give him any of them. This is a fucked up system. It is a fucked up system. Jesus. Good evening, everybody. It is 6.54 p.m. Pacific Time on Friday, May 20, 2022. So, I just felt like I wanted to say a couple things. Sort of like in a group therapy session. I feel like the way things have been going looking at the way my life has been, I kept hoping that things were going to improve. And in a sense they have. I have become less raped by my ex-wife and she does not seem to be actively pursuing horrible things against me. So that's great. That was an improvement. However, because of the my involvement in the justice system and my recent DUI arrest and my um, it seems like it's compounding my problems. And maybe I'm making a bigger deal out of it than it is because it's new and I don't know what it's going to be like, how it's going to turn out, but I feel like it's something that I may not be able to dig myself out of. Because I don't know why I'm doing it. As I think I mentioned in a recent podcast segment, and I was talking with a friend about it, I have no family. I really have no friends. Especially locally. And... There is no witness to my situation. There is no support network. I'm the kind of person who could be dead in his apartment for weeks before somebody finds him. Which is sort of emblematic of the United States. You can go back years and years and years ago when people started writing books about how dissocialized, if that's a word, we've become, how upside down everything has become, and I feel like it's obvious if you've learned enough 
and studied enough history, then you understand that the way that we have constructed our lives in our society is pretty ass backwards. It's the inverse of what it should be. It does take a village, but there are no villages. Everything is broken down in this society. Again, I keep saying this society because remember, we're talking about one portion of the planet. People do things differently in other places. And some of them are quite happy. And some of it works pretty well. Unfortunately, a lot of those places are the ones where, again, raping because of their natural resources and driving the indigenous cultures out of their own land, out of their own own societies. Because we're fat, hungry shitheads. But... Um, here everything is broken down into the tiniest unit because everyone's supposed to be a self-starter and everyone is supposed to be some autonomous capitalist earner independent cowboy on the frontier and if you can't do it yourself then you're a fucking pussy You don't need anybody. And there's not enough support out there for people. And you shouldn't have to go to goddamn social services for support. I'm talking about the support you should get from your aunts and uncles, from your cousins, from your brothers and sisters. And there's not enough of that. And honestly, I feel like if there's one thing the fringe right wing based on stereotypes has going for it, it's a tight family unit. Good for them. At least they stick together. Like the Jews. Another successful group of people in the United States. Communities that stick together. Immigrant communities, for example. They're more successful. They're happier. They're healthier. Regardless of what you think of their economic status or how flashy they are, it's a better way to live. And this whole siloed single-family home bullshit. It just doesn't fly. So, I really, you know, today I get up and I'm concerned because I don't know if I have what it takes to get out of this mess. It's a tiny mess, but it has big ramifications. This 
stupid DUI arrest. Where I was pulled over for fucking speeding. Tested under the legal limit. Yet, I have a DUI arrest. How does that make sense? Now, everything is in jeopardy. They could perhaps extradite me to Mississippi? Who knows if Mississippi wants to come get me, but they're too fucking fat and lazy. Bunch of fat, lazy slobs over there. But it'll be on my record anyway. I don't know if I can get it off. And if I can, it's gonna take a lot of money. Well, it's taking everything I can, not only to not sink further, but to find and grow my employment. So all of this new stuff hampers that. So I'm less able to prosper and progress in my situation as a result of this. Because I was going too fast. The motherfucker should have just given me a ticket and let me on my way. But he had a bug up his ass. He's an irate shithead, tiny-minded motherfucker. I'm sorry your dad didn't pay enough attention to you. Officer, whatever the fuck your name is. So we'll see how this goes. And if anyone knows how I can get to Mexico, that would be awesome. Because... I am pretty sure, based on previous experience, I do not want to shoot myself in the head with a shotgun. And I don't know if I can shoot myself in the head with a shotgun. I have had the barrel in my mouth. That was when I was leaving Mississippi. Trying to figure out what to do after my bitch, cunt, ex-wife. Got me 90 days in jail for sending her some emails. Cause she's too much of a pussy to deal with real life. Be a big girl and talk to me on the phone. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I was, uh, for some reason, I downloaded on BitTorrent. Real time with Bill Maher from the last week or so and uh, Adam Carolla and Donna Brazil were his panelists and I can't remember who the special guest was um, anyway and it was very interesting there were a number of things first of all I know I dislike Bill Maher intensely. He's a pseudo-progressive, pseudo-maverick 
He's a very conventional person, actually. Who's a little edgy. And that's how I perceive him to be. And he tries to exaggerate the edges to make himself look edgier. When really, he's a conformist. And I think I either podcasted or blogged about this before, but he actually had Noam Chomsky on one time. And this was years and years ago, and I cannot remember when exactly, but the one of the interesting things was, so when he introduced the segment, he said he didn't know about Noam Chomsky, which I was surprised by. And he said that many of his viewers, because of course, at the time, there were very few people, there were not plenty of podcasts and there weren't there wasn't as much alternative media as there is right now. And so he was one of these few outlets where you could actually catch something that looked like truth. Something that was unvarnished. And so his audience were these people who were seeking truth and honesty and um, they knew who Noam Chomsky was so he said that his audience had requested many times that he get Noam Chomsky as a guest and so he interviewed him and it was pretty astonishing how stupid Bill Maher looked talking with Noam Chomsky the way I remember it. For example, even at the point where he contend, he actually, I think, argued with Noam Chomsky when Noam Chomsky claimed correctly that the U.S. invading Iraq was a war crime. It was a violation of international law. It was illegal for the United States to invade Iraq. And Bill Maher seemed flabbergasted by this because he's so, so stupid and so ignorant and so arrogant. And To express his, you know, and, and so here comes Noam Chomsky with his fact about it being an illegal act. And to rebut it, here comes Bill Maher with his opinion. Well, or his feelings. Like, well, it doesn't feel like it's illegal. Well, I'm sorry, but that does not defeat the fact 
that it is illegal under international law to invade another country. So that's the big departure between me and Bill Maher. After that point, I think I stopped watching him entirely. I thought I could not stomach him. I didn't think it was funny anyway, but his jokes suck. He's a pretentious jackass. And um, again, I only liked him because of the same reasons I described about his audience. He was one of the few venues where you could get some honest, seemingly honest conversation in our pathetically limited civic space as it exists, as it is allowed to exist for our corporate oligarchy. Um, so yeah, so somehow I ended up downloading this episode and it's Adam, Adam Carolla and Donna Brazil. And one thing, how is Donna Brazil even allowed to be in public? When she... did that thing with uh, Hillary Clinton where she fed her information in advance about the interview questions or something like that. She's proved herself to be a establishment shill so I don't know why anyone would listen to her. She's nothing but talking points. Completely. And Adam Carolla. I'm not saying anyone would expect a whole lot from him anyway. But he automatically, somehow they were talking about Elon Musk. And he regarded him as, he referred to him as the smartest man on the planet, or something like that. And I thought, this is so twisted. The fact that you would, why would anyone think Elon Musk is smarter than anyone else? He's simply wealthier than many other, most other people, almost everyone else. And somehow that is equated with being the smartest man on the planet. Because he's he might be eccentric and super wealthy. And I felt like this demonstrates the goals that we set for ourselves. Like our highest aspirations are to be super wealthy and 
be like Elon Musk. In what way? You know, believe it or not, folks, lots of people have great ideas. They just don't have the money to bear them out. Do you understand? The lack of capital prevents many, 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 many people from actually doing things that would be extremely meaningful. Not only for themselves, but other people. And this is the great, one of the great tragedies of American capitalism. Having a great idea doesn't mean shit. If you don't have the money to do something with it, nothing happens. I have a ton of great ideas. I mean, an electric car? I mean, who has not thought of an electric car? I'm sure there are thousands of people who have come up with ideas for electric cars before Elon Musk. But somehow, he was in the right place at the right time, and he had the money, and he did something about it. So good for him. Does that make him the smartest man on the planet? People are so ready to genuflect to these normal people. And it skews perspective because it makes people think that they are, humans are substantively different from one another. People are pretty much the same, folks. It's what you do with what you have that counts. You can look at my blog. You can do your own research. This is borne out with facts and science. The idea, I mean, read, what is it? Is it Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Read that book. And yes, so basically in summary, Bill Maher is still a humorless piece of shit and his show sucks and I guess that's it. All right. It's 4.24 a.m. on Saturday, May 21st, 
2022. <clears throat> I still haven't gone to bed. I've been trying to figure out what I was going to do tonight. <clears throat> I was going to go to a strip club and see a dancer <clears throat> who I've become friends with, but I decided not to because I was too tired. But then I kept watching some movies and TV shows that I downloaded. Um, including some really stupid horror movies. What is this one called? Can't remember. I need to look it up. But it is bad. There are so many bad horror movies. I don't know what it is about horror movies, but like they're it's something about the way the stories can be Maybe it's that these stories are expected to be so primitive or simple. Like, there's a curse, or there's a devil, or someone found an artifact, or there's a, someone was murdered in a house. And that's basically it. And so the whole movie <clears throat> is, <clears throat> pardon me, fluff based around this very simple, basic premise. And <clears throat> maybe that's why so many horror movies suck. When you're talking about a drama or a comedy, for some reason, I mean, I get, maybe it's different. Maybe I'm wrong. The same plot devices exist. Like, for example, it's a bachelor party and the guys are going to Vegas. But at least there, there are two or three elements. Like... It's a bachelor party, A, they're going to Vegas, B, and a stripper gets killed accidentally, C. So there's that. But with the horror movies, it doesn't even seem to be that complex. Not that that's complex, but it seems to be even less complex than that. And, um,
So I have a hard time finding horror movies that are actually engaging in some way. So if you have any recommendations, I would love to hear them. Um, let's see. I guess I don't really have anything else to say right now. Um, the main things that are going on are I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do a stand-up act for open mic night at Helium at Portland or anywhere else for that matter, any other open mic night. Um, but that's the big one. Um, I just need to put it together. I have a bunch of ideas, but I haven't put them together into what I would call an act. Also, I have a hard time identifying what would engage an audience. For example, the only open mic night I actually attended at Catfish Lou's several weeks ago, the feedback I got was unexpected. I, the things, the guy, this was only from one person, so take that for what it's worth, but the things that he said I should focus on were the things that really were sort of like afterthoughts, which were things about my life. And I felt like, you know, just recounting events I didn't think would make for a good stand-up act, but he thought they were interesting. And it seemed like he had been around for a while. Actually, he was the DJ, I think. So he was there all the time. And, um, so, but I guess you just have to try out different stuff and start from where you are. So, I will try and record whatever I do, if I do it, and hopefully publish it as a podcast segment. It is um, Friday night slash Saturday morning and open mic on at Helium is on Tuesday, but they have open mic nights at a bunch of different places pretty much every night of the week, but it just depends on if I go there or not, but um, Tuesday is really what I'm gunning for, so... Stay tuned. I just had to record this while I was thinking about it. Hey, Tammy boy. How are you, baby? Doing okay? Um, on a side note, this is not what I was going to record about, but 
I took Sammy to the vet to have him neutered because I adopted him from a family. He's scratching on his cat tree, his lovely cat tree. Maybe I need to give him, give him another cat tree, a complex of cat trees that he can jump around on. I think you've seen pictures if you've gone to my blog. There's three different levels. Actually, one, two, three, four, five different, different levels, depending on how you count. And um, anyway, so I took him to the vet and was going to have him neutered. And I was on the fence about it because I felt like I didn't know if it was my right to have a cat neutered. Well, guess what? So the uh, woman comes out because in these parts, you can't actually go into the clinic, I guess because of COVID and shit, which is so bizarre to me still. Why can't I go in the vet clinic? Anyway, I really don't understand that. I'd like to understand that. Um, so I call and I let them know I'm outside. And this was the way it was in Jackson before I moved to Washington. So this is, this is a long time spanning multiple states, multiple months. I still don't get it. Anyway, all right. So, so I say, here's Sammy. I had a hell of a time getting him in the carrier. This is only the third time I've done it. Each time has been harder than the last. He doesn't like it. I don't like forcing him into it. I try to make it appealing. Like now it's sitting there wide open with some treats in it because I'm trying to let him know, hey, this can be a happy place. Anyway, so I take him there and she comes out, she takes him, I do my business, I go in the convenience store, it's right next to a gas station, buy an energy drink, buy some cigarettes, I'm checking my messages on my phone, I'm smoking a cigarette, um, I barely, and then I get a phone call. Um, actually, no, I don't even think I smoked a cigarette. I think I just bought my stuff and I got back in the car. And as soon as I got back in the car, here comes Sammy with the, uh, assistant or nurse or whoever she was. I don't know who she was. And she says, well, Sammy has already been neutered. Well, this is a wrinkle in events. So I don't know how to feel about this. And if you know me, 
you know about Pandora, Pandy, and how I was so on the fence about adopting her when I knew that she had kittens out there somewhere, but she was too immature to take care of them, and I didn't know where to find them, and I felt like, well, what do I do? Abandon this cat or save the cat and the kittens who might already be dead. Uh, let them go. So it was tricky. Um, so now I'm thinking, so he's been neutered. Well, two things. First of all, the people who I sort of semi-adopted him from, which were Katie and her daughter Casey, the woman I rented a, a room and a house from, they were talking about his balls. And when, I mean, I don't know about feline anatomy. And so when they were talking about his balls and I look at him, from the back, it looks like he has testicles. So I assume he has testicles. And they were gifted him. Sammy was gifted to Casey by her boyfriend. And I don't know where he got her. Or I don't know where he got him. I don't know where the boyfriend got Sammy. I don't know if he was from a rescue or a pet store or what, or a friend or a neighbor. I don't know, but I don't know if he was neutered when Casey got him or because when Casey got him, Katie didn't, Katie, the mother did not want Sammy in the house. So he was an outdoor cat. So he was roaming around for the most part and he might have been fixed. I don't like that term. Neutered by a well-thinking neighbor or something. Like maybe there, maybe there was someone else. Maybe Sammy had another life, had another house that he frequented and considered to be a home. And this all bothered me even before the neutering situa situation. Just when I was thinking of adopting him, I thought, who am I to take this cat off of this land? He seems to enjoy himself here. And now I'm gonna put him in a two bedroom apartment and I let him out sometimes, which I regret, especially when he brings home a dead animal, because I don't want him going around killing things. Um, so when she told me he had no testicles, I thought, what? How could this be? And then I was perplexed and then I was sad. And then I was depressed. And now I guess I'm just at a level of acceptance. Sammy has no testicles, so.
what to think about that. On one hand, I was sort of excited at the prospect of his not biting as much as a result of his not having testicles. But now that I know that he doesn't have testicles and this is how much he bites, okay, well, I have to deal with it. Maybe I can train him some other way. Um, anyway, so there you go. But that is not what I was going to talk about. Let me back up and say what I was going to talk about. Good evening, or good morning, I guess. It is 4.10 a.m. on... Oh, hold on. See if I can trick my phone. Sunday, May 29th, 2022. And I just got back from an evening out. And I was going to go to some open mics, but I was waylaid by a visit to Casa Diablo to visit a friend. Casa Diablo is the vegan strip club in Portland, Oregon. And it seems to be my favorite strip club. The venue is nice. <clears throat> it's big. It seems to be managed well. It's vegan. That's nice. Um, there's actually a nice stage. Multiple stages, sort of. Um, there's a nice patio. So you can go outside and have your food or drink or smoke. And <clears throat> it's really laid back and informal and... <clears throat> Pardon me. Relatively informal. You can socialize with the dancers. Um, it is a little out of the way, sort of. It's not downtown. It's sort of in a an industrial area, it seems like, in northwest Portland. But it's definitely worth it. And it seems like that's the place where I go. And I've met some nice women there. And which is the reason why I wanted to record this podcast because I, uh, this segment, because I felt like I realized when I met a nice dancer at a strip club, I thought it was an anomaly like meeting a nice person in the general public 
like if you were now maybe this is wrong but my general impression is if I were to randomly introduce myself to 10 people in the general public I would probably only get along with a couple of them but at strip clubs I've met some of the nicest people I've ever met at strip clubs I think that's very interesting I'm still trying to figure that out why that is why that would be I think part of it is I think when I was in Mississippi I started thinking the same thing but it was only in one city but now I've been in multiple cities and had similar experiences and I think part of it is to be in that situation you have to face some facts of life like there has to be a um, reckoning with the truth with a capital T and that's one of those types of people who have done that other types of people are philosophers truth seekers wise men and women people who seek out truth um, maybe I'm wrong but it just seems that way like there's a dose of reality that you have to take to end up dancing at a strip club first I mean you're burying yourself that's a huge step you're naked in front of people I think that takes a lot of courage and acceptance of some things that most people just don't do most people don't confront reality to that degree anyway so again tonight um, I just met a couple new 
dancers that were very nice and we had some really nice conversations and I spent some time with them. And it's also problematic because it's an economic transaction. It's an economic relationship. It's not just a social relationship. So, you know, there are feelings that are intertwined with financial interests and that makes it sort of complicated for me at least I don't know about them and just for the record I think there's only it might have only only been one dancer that I ever saw outside of a strip club. That was in Mississippi. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think that's correct. Is that right? Seems like, seems like it might have been two. Anyway, but um, so it serves a purpose for me again, still getting my dose of female energy that I'm not getting from other places. And for now, I can afford it. But I wish that it were not like this. I feel like I was speaking with one of the women tonight about this. I felt like, in general, <clears throat> in general, this is, to me, the symptom of an unhealthy society. The fact that men would need or want to pay money to spend time with women. I felt like if things were normal, the way that humans were meant to develop before we imposed our own superficial and ignorant um structures on our lives for example marriage and the concept of a nuclear family and you have 
a couple and two kids and they live in a house by themselves and they're on it on their own and it's this stupid capitalist society instead of a more socialist concept where you know people say it takes a village where do you actually mean that or are you just saying it because it looks good on a book you bitch because if it does take a village then the village becomes preeminent in society it's not the house with the couple and the kids it is a village it's a group of people and if you if you are interested in anthropology you can read about it and see how societies were actually structured in the past organically before we started having our Victorian ideals that started fucking things up and how things should be anyway but for now this is the world we live in and for men in the situations that I'm that I find myself in this is what I have to resort to to have my needs met and there you go so fortunately there are some nice people out there that are meeting my needs but I wish it were not like this I don't like having to pay people for affection. Man, I cannot believe it has been this long since I have recorded or released a new podcast episode. So I'm going to hopefully make this my final segment for the episode and release it today anyway so I was watching Star Wars recently <coughs> pardon me and I was watching um the only ones I watch are the episode uh, four, five, six, and one, two, three, I guess you would say. And I have watched episode seven. I find that somewhat bearable. Anyway, just wanted to say my opinion 
Um, episode four, A New Hope, the original Star Wars movie, is obviously the best one. Some people who think they're intelligent like to say that episode six is the best Empire Strikes Back I I don't know if it's because Lawrence Kasdan did the screenplay for it or what but um, for some reason some idiots seem to think that that one is better obviously it is not it is worse than the first one and Return of the Jedi is worse than the other ones they get worse and worse basically they're all worse they just get worse the more and more they are the worse they get Um, to fail to realize or acknowledge that is to is to what? Compound your stupidity, I guess. So, face the facts and acknowledge that Star Wars, it gets worse the longer it goes. Except for Rogue One. Rogue One was an exceptional movie. Rogue One was wonderful. Gareth Edwards, I think is his name, the guy who directed it, he did a wonderful job. That was a fantastic movie. So, sit on that, you shitheads.